Press mm. record, Jonathan. See a Kingdom Coffee personnel coming up. My beautiful wife. Hello, everyone. Hello. You are now listening to Portals. Hi, I am your host, Shanice, and of course, I am sitting with the senior leadership of Torque New York, starting with Pastor Nathan Cassis. Hi. Pastor Tony Cassis. Hello, everyone. And Dr. Robin Cassis. Hi. <laughs> I actually almost called you Pastor Nate, Pastor Tony. I had to think about it for a second and look at you because in my mind I was going to say Pastor Tony first, but I didn't say Pastor Tony first. I said Pastor Nate first, and then I had to change your name to Nathan. Can you translate that back to us, please? I sort of got what she was saying. <laughs> Too See, fast. what had happened was Maybe my mind. Like <laughs> my mind. I think you've upset Nate now. <laughs> you learned after the fact. <laughs> I learned after oh, the fact. That's wow, I should have learned you. my Here you go, lesson. Coffee. I don't need this one. Thanks. I didn't learn they gave my me lesson. Two. Or maybe I had a foresight to see you in. As a junior mm. or anyway. Anywho, um so if you are joining us, welcome. We are also on our Facebook live portals, talking with all our friends on there where they're sharing comments, question asking questions and being interactive. Um, but if you're listening with us via our any other platform, whether it be Spotify or anywhere else you might hear this, welcome and thank you for joining. So in usual context of portals, things change sometimes. But however, we will start with Pastor Tony as he kicks us off with what he preached about this week. So Pastor Tony, kick us off. What was the sermon about? Would you name it and tell us all the above? Uh, thanks. Thanks, Shania. Yeah, we, um, we shared the same basic message over both morning and evening services this Sunday. And it was basically uh, learning... Um, from mistakes can only really help you to a certain limit. The Holy Spirit wants us to get beyond just learning from making mistakes. He wants us to be able to hear the wisdom before we act or before we speak. And it's preventative medicine, basically. It's like um, yeah, not missing the mark anymore, but knowing ahead of time your response and staying within the grace of God. So that that really deals with criticism, judgment, preconceived ideas, making decisions on human wisdom, um, not inviting the Holy Spirit to, you know, give you some direction or directives. And it's the easy way out, really. It's the easy way out. You're, you're relying on natural uh, responses or reactions rather than the supernatural. But that's not what you talked about last night. And 
I think to help the people, mm -hmm. you need to talk about how the learning process and and how uh, in the middle of something you don't uh, try to learn something when you're arguing. Oh, you mean like the actual message? Uh, I think so because yeah. you're actually diverting off it and um, I think that was needed to build that first All before right, so the other. Yeah, briefly because I couldn't really summarise it in a few minutes but um, we, I, I basically pointed it to James, the, the brother of the Lord, as an apostle. In his, his, in his letter in the third chapter, he talks about the wisdom that is demonic, earthly, and sensual, right? And so uh, he talks about sowing the, the seeds of righteousness are sown in peace. And so from experience and from what James was sharing to all of our viewers and listeners... He was basically saying, when you're in a heated situation where there's arguments or there's contention or whatever, that's not the time to learn anything. In fact, you don't learn very much when there's a lot of emotion and a lot of preconceived ideas involved. So James makes the statement that the, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace, right? And also that the anger of man does not work God's righteousness, so when there's anger, when there's frustration, when, you f when there's offence even, you, you're not really in a mental state to learn something. Most of us, as I shared last night, and I hope I'm on track now, Pastor Robin, um, when people are being confronted on their sins or their misbehaviour or even just their foolishness, uh, they're you're usually too busy protecting self to actually allow the Holy Spirit to write something on their heart in the, in the heat of the moment. So the point we made last night was it's, you learn better when it's not a sort of hot, sort of contentious situation. That's what I found in my experience. I think, I don't know if, if the panel uh, feels the same. Like when I'm defending myself or I've got my back up about something, I'm, I'm not ready to learn anything. I'm, I'm, I'm no. thinking of other things. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the point I made was change comes when we allow the Holy Spirit to tell us when to bring up an issue that needs to change or that needs to be exposed mm. rather than thinking that when you see someone making a mistake right there and then is the time to correct it. Maybe not so. Mm. And last night I spoke about the parable of the tares and the wheat. Jesus said you let the tares and the wheat grow together because you can't really tell what's the problem and what isn't. Let it come to full fruition and then you're, it's more easily discerned what is good, what is not good, what is God, what is not God. So... Um, that was shared over the two services yesterday. And I think I'm correct in saying that's what you wanted me to share right now, right? I think there's um, something you said last night, um, which I want to expound on because this comes into the counselling stream of things. Um, not that it's not right what you're saying. I think that the, the key is this. Arguments can be learning moments when the conflict is over. In an argument, there's always that moment of conflict and heat. 
But the problem is when we go into arguments, we want them to be teaching moments and not learning moments because we want to teach others what they're doing wrong and we, want, we, we never want to learn about ourselves how we can be more like Jesus. So the statement that I made last night was arguments are not teaching moments. Actually, they're more even than just learning moments. It, it starts off as, as a sharing moment. Yeah. Something you need to share with someone because uh, it, it'll, it will encourage the relationship to get better, grow faster. Yep. And so, but it, a lot of the time arguments become a teaching moment. Yeah. And nothing is more exhausting than having to keep teaching when you just want to be able to feel like you can have a sort of like, not be shut down, but mm. be able to speak and say, uh, look, this is not to teach you. This is for me to be able to tell you what yeah. I'm feeling. Yeah, because I think relationship in the conflict... is built t two ways. I think in the conflict, the only person that should be teaching is the Holy Spirit. And this is where we come back to him being a person, the relationship with the Holy Spirit. So um, what I'm learning in my counselling is, especially like the dynamic of a married couple, whenever a married couple argues, they always want to teach something to, to that other person in that moment. Yep. Yeah. Let me teach Definitely. you about what you're doing right now. Ooh. But they're teaching from the perspective of how they're being affected. But you can't teach someone something when the motivation is how you're being affected. Because a true teacher teaches on how it affects the student. So when you try to teach in an argument or a, a moment of heated, you know, exchange, like Pastor said last night, if you're still ready to defend yourself, one, you can't learn anything because your mind is scientifically is not in a place to take in new information because you've still got that wall up in your mind on what you already think. And it takes that moment. But I said last night to Pastor Robin when Pastor Tony was talking, it's funny because the Holy Spirit, when he comes into, and we're talking now in the premise of an argument or a heated exchange, there's always that moment in the heated exchange where you can respond and the heat can die down quickly. You know, there's always that moment where it can transition from an argument to a sharing or both hearts can come into alignment with one another. But the thing that will determine that is how each person wants to be more like Jesus. If I want to be more like Jesus in that moment, then I'm going to be ready to listen and slow to speak. And that to me shows where the peace, the peacemakers, it's like the Lord asks us like, well, how bad do you want it? You know, do you just want to, and then we associate teaching with being right. Do you just want to be right and teach the person something about themselves? Or do you want to actually maybe let the Holy Spirit navigate it, bring you both on the same page and kind of bring you into the understanding that you need to learn a little bit more about what you're not doing in that argument? And I shared with Pastor Robin, there was an example last week where me and my wife had got it into a bit of a heated argument and pastor walked into the room and she was trying to she was trying to speak to my heart 
and engage it and say like, you know, you need to stop this, you know, kind of conversation and communication with how you're communicating with your wife. But in that moment, because of the self-defense, I was not ready to hear it. Yeah. I did not want to hear it. Yeah. And I had to really, really dig down deep and ask the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit just said in my spirit, well, how bad do you want to look like me right now? Ooh. Do you want to look like you or do you want to look like me? Because if you want to look like me, then you can actually learn something right now. Mm. But if you want to look like you, you'll just keep repeating this I think what over you, and over. I think what you said about speaking to the heart is a, a very important issue here. It's most of the time uh, it sh comes down to speaking to the head. The head get it gets involved. If you uh, wants to um, want someone to understand something, it's all about not speaking to the head to understand, but speaking to the heart. And um, I think that's an important point that needs to be brought forward, because if people can realise you're speaking to the heart then there shouldn't be the arguments. It's a really key here, you know, a real key, because uh, it's not like I'm pushing my point. It's like I I just, I, I honestly, can't you see this is no good for you, you know? You know, and, and it's like, right. If it just affected me, I'd just walk away from it. Yeah. But it's beginning to affect a lot of people. So therefore, you know, and, and that sort of thinking means then that you're going for more than your sake. But like you said, like you said, Pastor, when you're in that mode, you don't want to hear it. Well... I don't believe that's the way the Lord wants it. And I believe we have to come to a place where we, we stop learning after the fact or stop experiencing a, a change after the fact. We, we're never going to grow if we continue like this and we're forever going to be on the back burner of uh, what God wants to bring forward through the Spirit of God, which is God the Spirit, wants to bring forth to bring you to the head and you want to keep staying on the back and learning through mistakes. And I think, Pastor, what you said last night and what we were talking about, because we have a little conversation while he's talking because the Lord starts to download into us. Um, I think the greatest factor, denominator of hindsight is how a self-perspective, how it affects you. That's right. Putting that first will always put you in hindsight. Whereas how it affects others and others-centered love focuses on someone else and then the holy spirit usually i find in my in our lives whenever the lord is engaging us in a revelation or a rema to give us bef before a circumstance comes about so that we're ahead and not behind 
it's always usually at the detriment of how it will affect me. Like I have to be ready to put aside what I think. I have to be ready to put aside what I assess. I have to be ready to put aside what I disagree with or what I agree with. Or what you presume. Or what I presume or, or assume to know. Yeah. And then I have to see, right, how does it affect that person more than how it affects me? And then if I can be trusted to care about Here's how it the affects key. them more than how it affects me, I'll be trusted with the knowledge before the, the, the out, outcome of the effect is actually acted out. And, and I think also, again, I'm going to come in on this because I really feel that this is a, an, an important subject that the Holy Spirit, God, his spirit, is trying to teach, trying to teach the church, the whole church. And I see it constantly in counselling. I see it constantly when I see someone put their foot in their mouth and it's like, couldn't you learn beforehand the effects of this? Like, why do we have to learn the hard way? I know it's not God's way. I know it. And the example of it is when the Lord was talking to his disciples. He didn't want them to learn the hard way. He wanted them to learn what he was telling them because he was telling them something for themselves. He wasn't telling for himself. He was telling for them. And when they didn't have the faith, he said to them, oh, he didn't just say, well, I understand. I understand your problem. You just haven't got enough faith at the moment. You know, he didn't do that. He said, oh, ye of little faith, you could have done this. You could have done that. But you didn't believe. You didn't have the faith. Mm. And he said it for their sake. Of course. He was saying, you have little faith. Why am I seeing that you have this measure of faith and you're not seeing it? It should be more concerning to you that you have this lack of faith, you know? And in an argument when someone points out something, here's again the self-perspective. We always introvert it. We always take it personal, you know? And so one of the biggest keys to you always being behind and not ahead is taking things personal. If you take things personal, the Lord can never get you ahead yeah. of the situation. He can never get you ahead of the revelation that he wants to give it's because true. it's always incumbent upon how it affects you. And the Lord is not going to gift you and trust you with how it affects others if you make that about how it affects you. You know, last night we were actually teaching, uh, sharing in, um, you know, theology talks. And you were bringing up the first uh, doctrine of Christ, repentance. And there was something I really saw as we were reading those scriptures. And it spoke of it. Do we have to do this again? These are my words. Yes. The word again. Do we have to go through this teaching again? That you should not have to go through this teaching again. And so I see 
that we've got to get beyond the point of doing these things again, mm. again. We're never going to be in front if we keep on have to go round that mountain again and again and again. And as you go around the mountain, by the way, you'll notice the same tree. You've passed it quite a bit now. <laughs> it's called right. a, a, the religious treadmill. Yeah, you, it's true. you make a mistake. Yeah. And then when that same situation comes around again, you just make the same mistake again. It's like you've learnt nothing and that's Remind very frustrating. It reminds me of our little fish we have at home, uh, little Nemo. You know, we have a little Nemo fish and it, it goes around and it comes back and it thinks, oh, wow, I'm new again. No, doesn't work like that no. at all. You're supposed to be moving out of something. I think the children of Israel went around and around in the desert wilderness because they wanted to be always on the back burner. Mm. They never, ever got to the front burner, so they died out. Mm. That's the seriousness of it. Oh, wow. Say that that's, one more time. Jesus, that's the seriousness that. of it, guys. They went round and round and round, never learning, never coming to the forefront, staying at the background. Eventually, pastors, they died out. They died out and a new generation had to be brought forward oh, out of it. Jesus. And it's very serious. You cannot keep learning after the fact and be in the center of God's will. Yeah. And it, it doesn't only apply to like um, heated sort of um, conflict. I think the word argument is a little broad because, you know, they have arguments in court, you know. It's basically your version of how things are or should be. It doesn't necessarily mean there's a conflict, but I think we're referring to those areas where there is a conflict, where there's not an agreement as to what the offence is or who's the offender. There's that. But also in everyday living, like when you're at work or when you're doing practical things. I remember pastor teaching us a few months back, if, if you're not committing to God the things that you're confident in as well, you're also going to miss the mark somehow because you're relying on your own sort of wisdom again. And so there's that part of learning from mistakes as well. It isn't always in the context of arguments, but that's a big part. I think, sorry if you don't mind, I'll just come in on this. I think the key here is, for me personally, mm. I get very sad for people when I see them having to keep learning the hard way. It does not give me pleasure because I've done my scene like that and I know that I had the T-shirt. I don't need to wear that T-shirt anymore. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Anymore. And I get really sad that people can't see what they're doing to themselves. That's the key. You know, there's a statement too, before we go into the break, I want to say this. 
people usually go around the mountain because they don't want to go up the mountain. And that means they don't want to go to the Lord. They don't want to confront what he's trying to locate in them. Because I said to Pastor Robin last night, we say learn after the fact, but if you're not actually changing, you're not learning anything. It's just observing. So you're just doing the same thing over and over again. So that's not the definition of learning. Learning means you learn something new and then you apply it. And so as I was pondering with the Lord, I said, Lord, well, it's not learning actually. It's just observing. It's just watching yourself do the same thing over and over again. And he said to me, exactly right. You're actually not learning anything. Nothing's changing. Nothing's transforming. And we talked about last night in the worship, in the service, in the theology talks, there's nothing more powerful than the power of a transformed life. And I'm getting to the point, even as a young Christian, where I want the power of a transformed life every day i don't want to do i don't want to speak i don't want to think i don't want to react i don't want to respond the way that i have always done it there has to be a new thing you know and um i think a lot of us as christians here comes the counseling part and the identity part for me i think we also like being familiar with how we react because it gives us a security And I think when we come back from the break, we need to talk about that because then that means if you want to actually be ahead, you've got to give up all of the security of the way that you've done things. Yeah, and the way you think. And the way you think because being ahead means you're a little bit uncomfortable because you rely on the Lord for every little bit. Yeah, that, that makes you very, very vulnerable. And that's a good place to be and very transparent. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about how uh, part of the the problem with uh, always being the tail means that part of it is you won't be flexible. Yes. And you won't be interruptible. Mm. You get yourself into these moulds and you won't. That's why you will stay where you are, on that back burner. They were not flexible, the children of Israel. They were not. They were not. And they weren't interruptible. They had certain things they had done and this is the way to do it. Now, we've got to learn new things, Shania. We really have to. And... Uh, in learning them, we're going to become more flexible. Mm. We're going to become more interruptible, vulnerable. vulnerable. All these things are going to help us to stop learning after the fact of something happening. Uh, straight to my soul, man, because I know um, interruptibility is something that the Lord wants to dump on me, literally, (laughs) in a big way. I think the male mindset is, I'm heading in this direction, don't don't get me off. Mm. So it's it's a matter of getting your soul right with God. Amen to that. So, guys, we're going to take a short break. Audience, you know, don't take it personal. We'll be back. We won't have you going around the mountain. Don't take it personal. We're going to give you... How Something can you not new. Take it personally? <laughs> I know because it's portals. You want to keep listening. Um, but we're going to give you something new when we come back. So just stay tuned. 
Hello everyone listening and watching through our online platforms. This is Tony Cassis here with an invitation to an exciting yet challenging seminar that I'll be conducting this summer. We all have our ideals and political values, how we grew up, what we have experienced and the environment we are in all shapes our view of the world, but especially our political view. But what is God's view about politics? Does he choose sides? Is he to the left or to the right of politics? Are we being conformed to the world through mainstream media? Or are we being transformed by the Spirit of God? In this seminar, we are going to discuss the relationship between politics and Christianity. We will talk about what a believer's stand should be when considering the person or party they feel to vote for when elections come. You'll be encouraged to research your candidate or party's track record on moral, social and other platforms uh, that will impact legislation. They have the power to pass these laws and therefore restrict your religious or moral or even political freedom. Please join me for this seminar and allow me to lay the groundwork for making decisions based on conviction of the spirit and not popular opinion. So join me on Saturday, June 26th at 5.30pm. Registration will begin at 4.30pm. Also, if you are unable to attend in person, you can view the session online live via talktv.org or even watch it back on demand at a later date. Each session will be available for viewing on Talk TV. I look forward to equipping you and seeing you there. Thanks for listening. God bless. Hey everyone, Pastor Tim Burns here, and I'm very excited to invite you to uh, my seminar that is happening on July 10th. It is a church history seminar, and it is called What You Need to Know, and You Don't Need to Know the Rest. As we know, the Bible's narrative ended about 2,000 years ago with the Apostle Paul sitting in his apartment under house arrest, teaching Roman Jews about Jesus Christ. That's what we read in Acts chapter 28. But a lot has happened since then. If the Bible is in itself the full revelation of God in history, what, if anything, do we really need to know about the history of the Christian church? Well, I will attempt to condense these 2,000 years into a four or so hour summer seminar using the virtues of courage, wisdom, and hope as a lens through which we will see the key events of church and Christian history. So uh, some of the topics that are going to be covered are going to include who were the early Christian martyrs and what events, ideas, and teachers helped to shape the doctrine of the church, which we even have today. And another question we're going to take a look at is what was the gospel's secret work during the so-called dark ages? And what were those times always dark? Another question we're going to take a look at is what was the Protestant Reformation all about? 
And finally, we're going to take a look at something that has been discussed in other soap courses, but we'll unpack it from the lens of the bigger picture of church history, and that is what are the restoration movements all about? So join me Saturday, July 10th at 5.30 p.m. Registration will begin at 4.30 p.m. Also, if you are unable to attend in person, you can view the session online live via torquetv.org or even watch it back on demand at a later date. Each session will be available for viewing on Torque TV. I look forward to equipping you and seeing you there. God bless. So we're just getting back with, you know, conversing with our Portals Live audience. And now that's become our version of subportaling now with an audience. Because usually when we subportal, we don't have an audience. But now we do. Um, but in that subportal, you know, a major key um, was brought out that we wanted to allow you listeners to hear and just ponder upon because it, it'll bless your life. So go ahead, Pastor Nate, start it off. And yeah, I was just telling the viewers online and Pastor Robin, I had a conversation with Pastor Tony yesterday, and I was watching this preacher preach about the life of Moses, and it was a typical self-help. You know, God's got a destiny. You know, you've got great things to accomplish. Me, me. Forget the people that me, have hurt me, you. Me, 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 you know, me, yeah, me, 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 me. Everything that me, God me, could me, do me. for you. Um, and everything that you were born to do for God. But... Oh, wow. um, I never heard him bring out the keys that I believe we've been so fortunate enough to actually learn here in the School of Apostles and Prophets. And so as I was just studying in my own like kind of like thinking of Moses' life, the Lord began to talk to me and I was saying to you, Shania, and the guys like Moses, when he was 40 years old, the scripture says like, you know, he went out, he saw you know, an Egyptian beating an Israelite. And so he thought, right, now I'm going to be the deliverer. Because we know from, you know, understanding theology and most scholars believe that his mother would have embedded into him when she was like, you know, nursing him before he went to live with the Pharaoh. Because remember after the Pharaoh's daughter drew, drew him out of the water, there was no one that could like, you know, be suited to take care of him. And that's when Miriam says, well, I know a person and then the Pharaoh's daughter says, right, well, she, he can go live with you for the, those years of breastfeeding. And then once he's weaned, bring him back to the palace. So I believe that she would have been instilling into him, Moses, you're a deliverer. We saved you out of the water. You're special. One day you're going to deliver your people. Yeah. So he has that built into him, like spiritually. Then he goes into the court of the Pharaoh and he learns all of the traditions of the Egypt. He, was, he would have been a master um, uh, at the Egyptian religion. He would have learned every in and out of Egyptian mythology. He would have learned all about this. But deep down in him, he would have remembered the words of his mother. Remember, your God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not Ra, not Os Osiris, you know, not, not your God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so that was in him. But when you go into the Pharaoh's court, you get quite prideful. You know, you're with the best of the best. And then he goes out and he thinks, right, there's, this is the day. Today I'm going to deliver my people. So he goes out, he sees this Egyptian beating this Israelite. Then he kills the Egyptian. <clears throat> then the next day 
he goes out and he sees two Israelites fighting. He says, brothers, why are you fighting among yourself? And they go, you know, well, what are you going to do to us? What you did to the Egyptian? And so what I was saying that the Lord showed me was he went out in his own self-confidence. He went out in his own plans thinking, right, now's the most productive time. Now's the most fruitful time. I'm ready, right? And then what ends up happening is his own people despise him and now that causes him to break. But Pastor Robin taught us in Abiding in Christ. I remember the first lesson when I was 13 years old. She taught us about before you can meet with God face to face, you have to go through a season of the wilderness and brokenness. And this is why it ties in. And Moses be, wasn't ready. They were in bondage, the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. Moses could not come from the Pharaoh's court straight, uh, you know, represent them if he didn't feel the bondage himself. He had to experience that. And if he did, and, he would have he compromised. He, yeah. He didn't have to f experience it the same way they did. But in some way, he had to experience of being captive. Yeah. He had to experience that. And he see? had to be broken. You said in the portal. And he was broken. And it was broken through many things. You said shepherds weren't accepted. Yeah, they were despised as a people group because they were around stinky animals. And By the so Egyptians. Dung and so when he goes before Pharaoh as a shepherd, this is now the lowest of the low of the low. But what I'm trying to communicate here, Shanae, is Moses didn't see that that was the season that had That's to come right. next before he could meet with Yahweh at the burning bush. And my and this statement is, the key. what if he skipped that? What was learnt by the Holy Spirit? What was learnt if he went? they went straight from Egypt straight to the Red Sea. Would they ever have had memorial stones Whoa. to put in? On memorial uh, Day. Yeah, remembering what God has done. You see, there was a thing that he did in Egypt, but he kept doing all the way on the journey. And I know it would have been their choice Okay, get us out of Egypt and now drop us next to the Red Sea. Yeah. And that's the way we think. Uh, you know, this is the way I think it should be done. Get me out of the bind, Lord. Get me out of the problem. Let me, you know, do it my way, you know, because I think I've got good ideas, you know, and uh, I want people to hear my ideas. So take me from the back burner to the front burner and let people see that I've got the foresight in this. I think you, every person should start hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying and let him the one, be the one that leads us to the foresight, not you lead yourself to the foresight. And what's funny that you said, yeah. Pastor Robin? is that Moses, when he went out in the first time he went to deliver, he would have probably compromised in the sense of he would have been a lawyer for the, the Israelites. Right, Pharaoh, I know how you work. Let me bring you two together. Let's come to an agreement, like, you know, and let me, let, let's do it this way. But then when the Lord sends him back, he sends him back 
as a deliverer, you know, not as a, not as an Egyptian. And that, that just sticks out to me because it shows when you don't walk in the foresight of the Holy Spirit and Him guiding and directing your paths, right. you will compromise. Of course you will. Uh, can I just chime in there? Out of Acts. We don't know what Moses' motive was until Stephen brings it out in his discourse to the uh, Sanhedrin, right? Stephen says, For Moses supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. So I'm assuming, and I know that's not always good, but in the Holy Spirit, I'm assuming that Moses thought he could lead a military uprising or a revolt. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and tell the people, you know, God has anointed me to lead you. Like, similar to what he did with the judges. You know, the Lord would raise a judge. The people would rally behind that judge. And he'd deliver them from the Midianites, uh, the Philistines. Then, and the people would say, who the heck are you? But you mentioned earlier, Pastor, our ways, our ways cost people a lot more. Imagine how many Israelites would have died if there was a military conflict. That's right. When, when God delivered them, no one but Egyptians died. No one. There you go. See what I'm saying? Not one Israelite. The, scrip the scripture says not one Israelite perished there it is. from Ramesses, the slave city, to when they got to Sinai. See, so there's no casualties. No wow. casualties with God. And this goes back to what I said. God will not let you learn after the fact at oh. the expense of people. Can you just, Why did just, I bring this out? There are yes. no casualties when God does it. Holy Spirit does it his way. Whoa. There's only casualties when we do it our way. Do, do you believe that when, when the scripture says here that he, well, he thought that they would understand that God. Isn't that interesting? Moses thought mm. that they would understand from God that he was their deliverer. So you, he, Moses, first question that Moses would ask himself after that incident with the two Hebrews arguing, how come you didn't back me up, God? See? Because he thought God was going to back him up. And I don't know how many times we get into trouble when we think God is backing us when he's not. You know? But God can't yeah. back you up when you're still going in the strength of Pharaoh's court. You know what? You've got to be broken. You gotta, God will back you up when all you do is rely on him. Mm. When you've so, got a stutter and you can still go before the Pharaoh. See, it seems like the Lord is playing with Mo because he allows him to providentially enter the Pharaoh's court through Pharaoh's daughter. He gets familiar with the court, you know, protocol. But then he pulls him out and says, right, I want you to forget all about that. So why would he let him learn all that just to have him unlearn it? Because he wanted, to, he wanted him to know how they thought. I'm telling you. He got to learn. Do you believe that prepared him to face Pharaoh in the end? Like when he went before Pharaoh and said, thus says the Lord, let my people go. Did that help Moses? Surely that 40 years of living in Egypt in Pharaoh's court was for nothing. Surely it wasn't for nothing. Or was it for nothing? No, it wasn't for nothing. Of course it wasn't. He learnt the way of the Egyptians, I think he, right? because he learnt the way of the Egyptians, he knew how they thought right. he knew yeah. what emotionally Christ. triggered them god gave him foresight for 40 years he was teaching him about the people that he was going to confront that's the truth of it 
So when he went before Pharaoh, he knew what festivals were important to them. He knew what was important to them, what days, what holy days. He knew all the gods. He knew that all God the gods. And when God judged all the gods, he knew what God was doing. He knew he, which one. Yeah, he knew that God was saying, right, this is the plague against the Nile. I'm judging yeah. the Nile God because you yeah. believe in her yeah, yeah, to yeah. give you he all had, your fertility. He had a history. This is the key. He the knew Egyptians. how important it was, it was to a the very quick Egyptians. lesson. And Pastor, you, you taught us that a leader can only take you where they've been, right? Yeah. So when Moses left Egypt, he knew every creek, every you know, um, oasis in the wilderness because that, that's where he spent 40 years. So that's he knew right. exactly what was around the next corner, even right up to the mountain where God appeared to him because that's where God eventually said, bring the people here, where I met you in the burning bushes where you're going to bring the people. So they had a leader who had actually gone through those uh, roadways and you know knew where to find water, knew where to find food. And I know God did that um, providentially and, and miraculously as well. But who better a leader than someone who's been through the wilderness, up and down and to and fro, to lead the people out? And who better to know uh, abundance and to know lack? Whoa. Wow. Who better? And that's what God really taught Moses. He had an abundance when he was in the Pharaoh's court. And then when he had to go into the wilderness, it was hard living. It wasn't easy living. But he had to be stripped of a lot of things that he sort of got when he was in the Pharaoh's court. A lot of uh, trust in himself. Yes, and he went from the Pharaoh's court to murdering and then being thrown out, right? And he found out a lesson in life. If he was going to be the deliverer, he couldn't just be a deliverer in word. It had to be in action. This is also bringing up a, a good point because what I'm – getting out of that as well is I feel like sometimes we fall into the mode of because God can do it, we don't have to change for him to get it done. And I know sometimes, well, not sometimes, for instance, when you guys say, when we receive words as far as prophetic words, it's conditional. One of the things is partial is conditional. Um, But I don't think we grasp that portion of why it's conditional and this is helping me see, like, how to take, like you were saying, Pastor Tony, those those years he learned and spent that time learning how to be or learning about the Egyptians to also, on the other side, learning how to have lack. Like, you just made that comparison. It's just showing how much the process involved. And that kind of, just to tie it into what you also were saying about how um, – we want to go around the mountain and not up. And I just wanted, I, I'm just getting that download. <laughs> it's still fresh. So, so I'm it. if it's so going around the mountain, let me mm-hmm. say this. Go for it. From Egypt to the wilderness and then eventually to the sea, that's fine if you go on the journey. This is the key. But the journey does not 
cause you to go round and round and round. It causes you to go in, go round once and out. Okay? But because they kept going round and round and round and were not flexible, were not, um, you know, transparent, were not all those things that require you to go on when you go on a journey, they kept going around and eventually they had to die out. They didn't learn. They didn't learn. And so he raised up another generation that eventually went out. Do you wow. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So journey means once around and out. Mm, yeah. See, lesson to be learnt. I'm on the back burner. Right. I've been, been given opportunity to be taken out of slavery. I'm going on a journey. What? Where am I going? I'm going around in the wilderness and then I'm coming out. Yeah, wow. I'm going to be ready to face the promised land. Wow. And Pastor, I want to help someone. Um, I find with Moses's, like what you said, was that all in vain? And this is really, really powerful, like prophetically. The Lord spent 40 years giving Moses foresight. This is how we have to look at it. He gave him 40 years of Egyptian foresight by learning everything. the people. Then he asked him to unlearn everything that he learnt. And now he says, right, Moses, you know Egypt via Egypt. Now you're going to know Egypt via me. Yes. And this is the, this is the yes. biggest key. If you're called to an industry, right, the Lord said to me, Nathan... You know arts via arts. Now I've given you foresight into how they think, how they operate, what they want, what's important to them, what's not important to them. But now I'm not, I'm not going to let you live your life based on that foresight because that's really hindsight, their perspective. So now I'm going to get you to unlearn everything they told you so you can learn Here comes Egypt via me. <laughs> and go. that's true foresight. Yeah. And this is the key with Moses. He knew Egypt via Egypt. But yep. when he went into the wilderness and then stood before the burning bush and then that whole transition, now he was learning Egypt via the Lord Jesus Christ. You're right? Because now the Lord was saying, right, well, they taught you about this, but I'm going to teach you this. But... They also, he also got something more out of that and that was he was going to learn Egypt and he was going to learn about God being God of Egypt. This is the key. Every plague, I, wanna, I really want to throw this in, every plague, the, the, the Israelites would have known a bit because they would have been around the Egyptian worship. They would have known what their slave masters Well, they would have served honored. in their temples. Yeah, exactly. They would have been slave. serving in their temples. So God was showing the Israelites, I'm God of the gods of Egypt. But he was showing Moses and the Egyptians. That I'm God of you and I'm, I'm God of them. I'm God of, I'm God of you, Moses, and all these gods that you learnt about when you were growing up, Ra, Osiris, right? 
Isis, God yep. of the Nile. Yep. I'm going to destroy every single one of them and show you that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There we go. And that literally would have stuck in Moses because, again, he would have had to go off this unpredictability. There what He is. gets to the Red Sea. Okay, Lord. Now, if he gone at an Egyptian thinking, well, when, when he, he would have gone, this is impossible. <laughs> I was going to say, when he, when he fled to go to Midian, which we now know is on the other side of the Red Sea, it's in Arabia, right? Mm. Moses would have had to got the ferry. <laughs> ferry across <laughs> here. <laughs> so he gets stuck. He gets to the same spot yeah. where he caught the ferry to go to the mountain, right? To, to Midian, where his father-in-law was, and he's he's stuck. He says, well, God, I took a ferry. We haven't got ferries to take 1.2 million people across. What do we do? <laughs> so what I'm trying to learned, say to people... He learned the wilderness by God This too. is what I'm trying to say to people. You might, be, you might be in an industry. You might have gone through years of training, and I know I'm speaking to people that I know the Lord is showing me. You've gone through 20 years of training. You've gone through 15 years of training, 15 years of networking, and you think you know, right? And now God is asking you, the cloud has lifted, it's moved on, it's not there anymore, and God is saying, now I want you to unlearn everything you've learned for the last 20 years. Why? Because now God wants to show you that he's God of what you learnt. And I want to add oh. to this. I want to add... When you that. come out of something and you overcome it, just like Moses, you've got to go back and be someone different when you yes. go back to, to show that you've overcome it. So you learn, right? You, he came out of Egypt as one person. He went through the learning curve in the desert. Let's forget the others. Let's think about him. Then God sent him back as God's man to the same place knowing that he had learned. Now, he was no more the tail. He was now the head. Yes. When he was in Egypt under the Egyptians, he was a tail. When he came back to Egypt to release the people, he was the true deliverer, the head. And Pastor, what I want to, it's just landing in me so much, thank you, Lord, that I'm getting this even for myself. Why did God get me to learn the way of Egypt? This is the key. Okay, to relate to them, yes, to be like, you know, the perfect ambassador. No, uh, this is what the Lord just said to me. I got you to learn the way of arts to show you that, I'm greater than the arts. I'm greater than the principle that they say yes. is the normal. I got, I'm, I got you for someone in, who's in Portland to go into technology to, to, so that when I defy the rules of technology and break every rule that the world says should be kept, the revelation always comes back to how much bigger I am than what you learnt. That's the learning curve. How big is God? How big is God the Spirit? How big is He? And that will always keep you in foresight. Yeah. If you remember how big He is compared to what you think you know or have been taught, if you always make that the centre of how great God is, that will always keep you in foresight. And that's why. Go ahead. That's why. 
we should be cultivating hearing him, hearing the spirit tell us how to become the foresight yes. in every situation. Wow. You know, I mean, we, we're not going to be foresight in every situation, but we can mm. if we listen or at least, I don't know about you, Sinead, but I really don't want to be hindsight in anything anymore. I'm and all the only way I can do it is hear what the Spirit says to do. And if I hear what he says to do, I won't have to wrestle with my ideas, my way, my will, everything, any of it. I'll just say, right, you know better. Right, you know better. And I mightn't understand it, but I know one thing, and that is you know better than me. Wow. Wow. Tell you, what we get out of these portals, mate, will last you a year. I'm telling you. Just going through it. Every time you read Exodus now and the deliverance, you, you won't be able to escape what we're discussing. How I just heard the Lord say, why do I get you to learn th all about these industries? Not so that you can use that as your, you know, your foundation expertise. or expertise. It's to show you that I'm bigger than them. Mm. It, I get you to learn and about also, the, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, obviously, you, he uses it. Yeah, you're familiar with the culture, with the, you know, what they value, but what the, they don't but value. But the war begins when I begin to rely on what they say mm. should be the norm in the situation. And that becomes God. Over what God says. Oh my gosh. And this is where the war takes place. So that's when I'm in hindsight. Now I'm in a situation like, right? I just give you an example. Like I used to go to an audition, right? And I would go into auditions and I would be in there and I hadn't have any training in the in the in the kind of genre that you know others had trained for 30 years plus training in. But I would go in and in faith, right? And the Lord would show me, right, Nathan. What I do in you is even greater than the 30 years of training. And so I would get parts and I would get accepted into places because I'm letting the Holy Spirit train me, lead me, that others had trained for. And I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure you've experienced this. But then when I would, but the, the key with me is when I would rely on my training to get me the audition. You wouldn't get it. I wouldn't get it. Yeah. I don't know. Chile. So in, a, in essence, you know, I know that the Lord sent Moses back to save his people who were in bondage. And in a sense, he took him back to, you know, the same not place. Not the same person. Not the same person. He didn't go back to the situation, the same person that left the situation. Right. The Moses... And who came back from the wilderness would not have killed the Egyptian That's the key. Like, no. like he did before. Mm. Yes. That was not. kind of the tying up I was trying to do earlier because yeah. it was fresh. I didn't understand it, but now I understand it. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're just going to take a short break um, because one thing as we, I, I don't know how much more you guys want to go for is fine if you want to keep going. But one point I wanted to, one thing I want to tie it into because when we um, during worship we declared something very pivotal which is now foresight for us 
And maybe we can use that as since we had a now example to teach listeners what do we do with this foresight now that we've, yes, um, now that we have released that from the Lord, how can we use that as foresight? So listeners, we'll bring you in to that when we come back after the break. Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Nate, and I am excited to announce an upcoming seminar in the School of Apostles and Prophets, our SOAP Summer Seminar Series. We're excited to launch the inner healing and counseling stream of the School of Apostles and Prophets with a critical training seminar titled Real Relationships. In this seminar, Dr. Robin Cassis and myself will walk us through what it takes to have healthy and flourishing godly relationships in our lives. We'll walk through how to create trust within relationships, living out of vulnerability, and also how to foster healthy practices in our emotions and feelings when it comes to relating to people. The seminar will discuss topics such as how to actively listen, getting past what you think of people, not letting rejection define your communication style, finding out what your communication style is, the five love languages, the five languages of forgiveness, and much more. We encourage you to join us for this life-changing seminar that will equip you to love your neighbor just as you love yourself and craft everlasting relationships that are Christ-centered and built on the greatest foundation of all, the love of God. Join us July 24th, it's a Saturday, at 4.30pm all the way through to 10pm and it'll be two sessions. They'll be available online to watch later on or live stream on the night. God bless. Mine's blown this time. I of think we course. need them blown. We do. We need to just so blow with mine off. Again, from <laughs> experience, right? Let's say I, I have prioritised in my heart, in my mind, certain things I need to do. My conflict starts when someone or, or even the Lord comes along and says, well, that's not important as this. See what I'm saying? I get my back up when someone or something is trying to say what you've prioritised is not a priority and I might be waiting weeks to get it done. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then you feel guilty because you're constantly putting things off. You're putting them off. And then when you think you've got a chance to get it done, the Lord will come along or someone will come along and say, no, put that aside. I get offended because indirectly is saying what you've prioritised is not important. This is important. So how do I how do I sort of walk that out with not being offensive or not displeasing God? And well, you know, that's my conflict. Oh, I know it very much. I know it. But I'm sure the listeners and the viewers would have similar issues that well, they want. It comes yes. down to you're supposed to be for the other person. Right. When you go into something, it, you should be going in for the other person. How do you handle that? This is the key. You think what's best for everyone oh. rather than what's best for one person, yourself. Okay, but don't, don't limit that. That's, that's 100% true, but don't limit it to just interruptibility about people. I'm talking about just something that you need to get done. Like, you know, Again, it's the same thing. Same thing. It's the same really? thing. It's the same thing. Because the Holy Spirit is the key, will always prioritize what's best for everyone. 
not for you. If even in life, even in our family, in our family dynamic of living in a house full of kids and four, five adults, I find the Holy Spirit will always prioritize first what benefits everyone the most first. And the key is, the biggest key is the Holy Spirit speaking and you're not listening. You're listening to you. Not to what mm. the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. Mm. This is not people now. We're not talking just, about this people. This is just things that need This done. is yeah. the Holy Spirit telling you, drop it. Mm. It's not the best for everyone. It's only the best for you. Drop it. I'm not in it. You're in it, but I'm not in it. Okay. And a perfect example Whack of that, that three times. Perfect example of that. I've seen in my Very own walk and my own life is just like where I might get up and I'm learning this more and I might ha have an agenda on my mind like, okay, I need to get this done, this done, this done. And in my mind, that is going to bring the most productivity to my life for the spirit. Yeah. This is how I would approach, this is my thinking, right? I think, right, well, if I accomplish this, then this is the most fruit that's been born. This is the key. What do you class as fruit? Mm. Because what I class as fruit and what he classes as fruit are two different things. Right. Because he classes people as fruit. Yeah. Mm. I class plans as fruit. Ooh, that's so, good. That's good. So something that I'm learning is he's people-oriented first. So, and my kids are the best teacher to the to this of me. Seriously, I could wake up with such an agenda. Oh, I need to get this episode finished for Talk TV. I need to get this website done. I need to get this done for the ministry. And then through the leading of Dr. Robin, she'll say, come outside and sit down with your kids while they play outside. Now, to me, that isn't productive. Right. They outside. They give me a break. They, they're, they're playing. <laughs> yeah. But to the mm. Lord, mm. what is more important to him in that moment is how I respond to my kids mm. and sow into them love because this is why it's more productive because mm. in that moment I can prevent cycles and generational cycles of thinking through rejection. Mm. So that moment of a little bit of me getting my way for my plans, I could get my way and then I could have my daughter and my son grow up thinking dad doesn't care. About mm. playing with Or dad hasn't got time. Dad hasn't got time. Mm. And I'm sure if you go back to your life, everyone Love listening, and as a little kid where you tugged on your dad's shirt and he was at the computer or he was doing something, and when he responded and said, I don't have time, I've got to work, that was an entry point for years of rejection from your parents, especially your father. And so in that moment, God considers what I think is less fruitful as the most fruitful thing because he sees down the track, this is going to prevent years of cycles, years of having to learn after yeah. the fact. Wow. Wow. And, I, sorry. Um, yeah, this is just laying into me. Even as a, a single individual, because you guys are really talking family too, but oh, it, it's well-rounded. Yeah, but what course. I'm saying where it's blessing me is because as a single person, you always think independence. Mm -hmm. 
You know, you don't have to worry about anybody else. We don't have to consider other people. But one thing I can say, you know, the blessing of in the fruitfulness of this this dynamic as far as church family is that this is what we are learning through our church family and culture is that we do consider another. But I'm just it's just showing me something even as a person with roommates, you know, um, for those who experience it, it's the same thing. You know, the Lord will give us moments from what you guys are just saying, he still will give you, even if you're single with just roommates, will give you moments to consider your roommates, spending time with your anyone, roommates, anyone spending time with anyone, any and pers- dropping the you know, friendship mm-hmm. and yeah. relationship. But it's the Holy Spirit. Um, can we get past the fact that it's you teaching me <laughs> or me teaching you? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit trying hard to say, let's learn this. He's the teacher. Yeah, he's the teacher. And he's got no, you know, bias here. He's the teacher. God, the Holy Spirit is teaching us, right? And if we got that, we would listen and then we would learn and we would not be in hindsight, but we would move forward in foresight. Guys, we need to stop not just getting to the, the foresight. We need to walk in foresight and we don't. And that's all about the Holy Spirit teaching do you think he's not teaching all the time? Mm, he is. He never stops instructing and teaching. Yeah. Never. And I think um, someone said uh, this is a someone said in the comment, and I want to I want to pick up on this thread because I think again this is another aspect of what will now rob us of the foresight. This idolization of productivity has got to go in the church. Because, again, what I class as productive or fruitful is not what God classes as fruitful. And I think this is where productivity for me has to be, for you has to be, if I'm doing what God wants me to do at the time. Not what I've planned to do, not what I've set my heart to do, not my agenda. This goes back to what Pastor Tony said, where he, you could get offended if the Lord interrupts after three weeks of purposing to do something in your heart, an appointment or something, and the Lord says, nope, today I'm interrupting that. It's not on my agenda. And you have an offense. Now, that to me goes back to the abiding realities. You still think you have rights. Because if you still think you have rights, you still get offended. But see, I'm learning from Dr. Robin in this one, because our life is very interruptible. We would plan something, and like even today, we planned to do open eyes, and then ProPresenter just wanted to shut down, and we had to rearrange everything. And so what do we do? We (laughs) had to go and get all undressed and get dressed back up again for the right thing Mm because I have to wear black and white today. We're going to go very black and white. We're going to go from dark to light. But then a lot of light to be (laughs) shining. The key that I'm saying here is, okay, in that moment when I'm on the pro-presenter computer thinking, oh, my God, I want to, you know, throttle this computer – I have, a, I have a chance to ask the Lord. I have a chance to go up the mountain mm-hmm. or I go around it. Oh, Here's how I go up the mountain. Lord, you obviously knew that this was going to come up. So what are, you, what are you doing in this moment? 
what am I missing because of my own self-perspective or my own anger or my own frustration? Mm -hmm. Yeah, all my own way. Like, what do you want to show me? Maybe there's yeah. maybe there's a reason why you want portals to come first tonight. And now because I'm so like convoluted by my own self, how it affects me, I can't get that revelation yeah. because I'm so intrinsically focused. Yeah. So the moment... I just went over to Pastor Rob and I said, look, let's just do portals first. I'll work on it. We'll see if we can get it open. The moment, and I was just sitting there going, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm ready to, I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I'll tell you, <laughs> I was up here praying, ready. And the Lord said to me, it's not going to happen because I want it last. There you go. But see, th what I'm saying is I couldn't learn. get that foresight in the stoop of thinking this was done against me. Oh, man. <laughs> this is the key. I had to get outside thinking this, what, pro presenter purposely programmed a bug because it knew I touched the computer? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, this is our yeah. thinking. This is what we think. Yeah. Right. Oh, I got on the computer and then even this worse. coming out yeah. against oh, me. And then, the, then the offense comes with others. Oh, you deliberately did that. You know, mm. and that, trust me, that mindset came in, but I had to fight it. But then I went to the Lord in my head and I said, Lord, okay, I'm missing something here. I'm not, I'm, I don't, and I said from last night, I said, I don't want to learn after the fact. I'm not going to learn because I've done this with Pro Presenter too many times. I think so, you handled it well. So, <laughs> so I said to the Lord, what are you, and he just said to me, look, just trust me, just work through it. I'm going to get it working. But he told me, he said, I don't want it first tonight. And I'm like, but we told people yeah, portals. You're all missing it here. The Lord did it to make sure I got here on time. Oh, that's why. <laughs> Actually, that's not what it was. Would you like to know? No, no, no. I know what you're going to say. In portal. In open eyes. And in open eyes. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. The Lord's going to speak to you in open eyes. The timing was critical, was it? Very critical. This is what I'm saying. was for me, we get so I had to be interruptible. Because we get so into our own plans, because we think our plans will bring us security. Uh. So we're not ready to exchange our security of what our plans will bring us for the security of what God wants to bring us, which is even greater security. But, but sometimes my confusion is I actually think God's made the plans. You've prayed about it. You know, you've committed it to God and, and you feel like you're going with God and then halfway into it, yeah, God says, eh, put the brakes on. But, okay, but this what is saying. the uh, what you're learning is the interruptibility to say, okay, you think they're God's plans, but God's be it's got to be able to interrupt what yeah. you think. Can I can, and I, can I say this? In what a she's different saying, direction. The Lord can the Lord can always reschedule, but He can't teach you interruptibility. No. See, he would rather, he can always reschedule an appointment, reschedule a time, reschedule he, a plan. He can move mountains. He, he can exactly. do any of it. Appointment's not important to him. But, but you're the mountain he's trying to move. Hallelujah. I want to just clarify that what Pastor Tony was saying. Did you hear that, people? You're the mountain he's trying to remove. That's it. Go. Let that land. I'm going to land, sorry. So... Don't call me Mount Cassis from now on, Robin. <laughs> I can't. Um, that point, Pastor Tony has brought out, we briefly kind of touched on it when we were referring to goals, where people will pray to the Lord and say, 
Lord, what is your priority? And then go on that track thinking it is God's priority to go on that track. And then when it's interrupted, it's confusing because then it's like, well, Lord, I prayed into the priority. So why are you interrupting it? So how can a person that is going through that mentality of surrendering it? But you're making a statement the wrong way. You need to turn it around and not say, I prayed into that. And why are you turning it around like this? Wow, Lord, I prayed into it. There must be something you want to share with me that I missed. There you go. Wow. And then the the perspective is... The perspective is, okay, Lord, this was your plan. This was your priority. Don't make the priority what God focuses on. Like I said, God can always schedule appointments. But what if you were to actually focus on the relationship of what he's teaching you using that priority? You know, like, hey, Lord, I want to go get this done by, you know, two o'clock. And then you get there and the Lord says, no, I'm not doing that at two o'clock. But Lord, you said to go here at two o'clock. What's he focusing on more? The you're fact a, that you can listen, be yeah, interruptible, and be obedient and yeah. respond to his spirit. That's what he's looking for. He's not looking for you to complete it at 2 o'clock. He can reschedule it for 4 o'clock and it can produce just as much fruit. It's true. This there's, is the key. There's an instance in, in John's gospel, and I'm, I'm not sure how people understand it because it it reflects on Jesus' interruptibility or because it looks on face value that he, he was double-minded. His brothers, remember I brought up on Sunday evening, his brothers didn't believe that he was the Messiah. They probably had a lot of contention about that. And they at, at one stage they thought he was actually losing his mind. You know, he is beside himself is, is the comment that Matthew makes. But there's this part in, in John's Gospel where Jesus is going to go to Jerusalem for the Passover for the last time before he's crucified. And his brothers come up to him and say, you know, a man who believes that, you know, what he believes about himself like you do should make himself public. So go up to the feast, they say to him. Go up without us. And then the Lord turns around and says, no, you go up to the feast. It is not yet my time. But the very next sentence, the very next verse says, after his brothers headed towards Jerusalem, Jesus then went up to the feast. It sounds like, hang on, you just told your brothers it's not your time, but now you're going up anyway. So what happened? Did God reveal, no, it is your time, go up now? So it, it seems a little bit of a, an interruptibility that Jesus was able to demonstrate. But the same thing happened when Mary interrupted Jesus' plans, woman, it's not yet my time. Right. And the same thing. And Mary interrupted his plans, and he didn't get offended by it. Do what he do what he says. That's what she told them. Do what he says. Yeah. And see, this is the key. Didn't make it. Didn't make it personal. Oh, okay. I think this is the key. I think when we get interrupted, we always make it a personal offense that something has been done against us. But I want to go back to what Pastor Robin said, which is so important. What is the Lord? This is a key for me. This is why I want to harp on it because I think it could help others as it's helping me. What is the Lord trying to reveal in that moment? My ability to keep plans or my ability to trust him? Mm. And I, I think that, um, you know, I think that that's the key, being interruptible. You see, um, 
And that comes down to another thing, that we don't believe God can rearrange the plans, mm. that he can put them into, into another place. Mm. Look, I have learnt one thing with the Lord. I have learnt this. I go A, B, C, D. Mm -hmm. Now, in running order, that's the way for it to go, Pastor. Mm. But sometimes God says put the D before oh, no. the A and put the A. At, and you say, well, why didn't you tell me that in the first place? Well, would you have learnt? Mm. This is the key. Does the Lord have to always tell you, can he not get you to just trust him that D is the better way the key. and A needs to come last? So it can go the horse before the cart or the cart with the horse pushing it. You see, whatever way it, that God does it is the best way. Mm -hmm. God, the Holy Spirit, does the best. He's there to do the best. But we challenge him all the time. Key here, we challenge him all the time. Do you know what you're doing? Oh, my gosh. We do. I do. Uh, can I just quickly read this, right? Tell me what you think of this example. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. And the Feast of Tabernacles, sorry, it was a Feast of Tabernacles, not Passover, was at hand. His brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples may, may also see your works what you are doing. And they said that sarcastically, right? For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. They're basically saying, if you are who you are, you should be out there promoting yourself, right? For even his brothers did not believe in him. Whoa. Then Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. Don't know what that means. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil. You go up to this feast. I am not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. When he had said these things to them, he remained in Galilee. But when his brothers had gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it was, in secret. So what are you saying? I'm, I'm just, just between two verses there. Jesus goes from, it's not my time, I'm not going up. I think he was saying, can and I... And he ends up going <laughs> up. Well, because the, pers the reason why they wanted him to go up was not the reason why God wanted him to go up. They wanted him to go up to prove a point. So somewhere between their statement and Jesus going up, the father says... The said, father says, right, you go up, but you go up because I'm sending you for this reason, not because they've said, if right. you're the real Christ, go and prove yeah, your yeah, point. Now, you. what a That's statement it. to this make. Is the key. If you make a statement, why would you make a statement like that and expect God to, you know, Holy Spirit, to turn up? You get your attitude right, you see. I believe one of the biggest, biggest keys 
to um, always being hindsight is God is trying to deal with your pride. <laughs> the pride of knowing better. That's Finished for me. Pride of knowing better. Woo. You know, it just, and the vulnerability, the, look, the flexibility, you know, if you were to think about it, you know, Wait, yeah, he won't if compete. it was all, all arranged and everything fell into line and, and you know, like uh, the, the gospel's sake and everything, right, it, if this is done and this is done and this is done, then everything could be great. But what happens when it isn't all done? Can you be flexible? Mm. Can you be flexible? Can God cause you to be flexible for the <laughs> sake of someone? Mm. And this is the key. He's flexible. This is the key. Look what he did. And you know how he's flexible? He was flexible. He said that and then he said another. You know how he's flexible, Pastor? He's so flexible when you manifest all the time. Because you interrupt his love all the time when you manifest. Oh, my God. So he's always flexible with you all the time. I'm feeling a lot of anger now. <laughs> because you choose to take that time to manifest <laughs> and express your hurt, your pride, your anger, you know, your lack of. And the Lord says, right, that wasn't Ooh. what I had in, in plan and in timing for this moment, son or daughter. But I'm going to be flexible with you. I'm going to go with you on this. And we're going to go on that journey and I'm going to reveal to you myself through this. But we have to be flexible like he is flexible. But this is a key. The Lord is not going to let us learn after the fact on people. No. Oh. He's not. No, he's because not. Because you're going to wound hurt and hurt and destroy, and destroy pe people. And this you is one of the biggest are. things I'm learning in my counselling. We have to stop learning after the fact when and, it comes and to people. And stop using people oh as yeah. our learning tool. Yep. Oh, my. You know what? We need to take a break. Can we take a break? Yeah, we, we can, can take a break. Can we take a short one? We'll be back because, you know, we need to get into that. So, listeners, we'll take a short break, but we will, we will be right back. Hello, everyone. Great. My name is Tony Cassis, and I'd love to invite you to an up-and-coming uh, summer seminar series uh, that we're going to be holding in New York City entitled um, Spiritual Warfare, The Right to Bear Arms. Now, as believers, um, we are called to be the church. We're called to be the bride. We're called to be a witness to the world. But we're also called to be the army and the... Um, ecclesia of God, the legislative power of the heavens above us, for whom Jesus Christ our Saviour died and provided us with authority. Now the topic of the right to bear arms has been quite controversial in the last few years, especially in the political realm, but it's every believer's right to take up a sword in the spirit and destroy the works of the enemy through the power and the authority of the cross of our Lord Jesus. And so we'll be discussing such things as intercession. We'll discuss uh, the believer's uh, authority as a legislative uh, power. 
We'll be discussing the demonic and the angelic realms and how they're in constant conflict. And so there's much, much more to share with you. Um, we will be conducting this seminar on Saturday, August the 14th at 5.30 p.m. That's when registrations will begin at 4.30 p.m. And so if you're unable to attend in person, I encourage you to watch it online via our live uh, stream at talktv.org or you can even play it back on demand at a later date. Each session will be available for viewing on our Talk TV website. Thanks for coming. Looking forward to seeing you there. Right to bear arms. Big is your God. That's the lesson. That's what Moses learned. And by the way, that's what the Pharaoh learned. <laughs> oh, you just looking at in there. I heard that. Um, yes, we were just, you know, oh, we have a friend that got away. <laughs> oh, oh, that's our portal's messed up. He came out early. <laughs> He's getting ready. Oh, okay. he's coming he's up. He's coming up he's to say hello up. before his time. No, it's not your time. It's not your time. <laughs> Only when the Holy Spirit releases you, little man. You're learning. <laughs> You're learning. <laughs> My time is not yet, Zeke. <laughs> oh. oh, he's upset. It's soon. It's soon, Zeke. It's soon. You'll come back. Soon in five minutes. There's another right. season that you've got to go through before you can come back. I'm done. Um, but we, speaking of God being bigger, we were talking about how big is God in our perception of how God is big in our to us over the things that we learn, over the intellect, over everything. And speaking of that, um, during worship today, we released, we released something um, in regards to our current situation that is a bit of foresight. Oh, yeah. So things are over. <laughs> things are over. Yeah. So I, I think I think uh -huh. that especially this city's starting to catch up with that. Right. Thank God. Yeah. So it's good that maybe this city is not going to be hindsight anymore. And it's that's I think start to be foresight. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think was powerful about last night, and I wanted our people to get. The city is all, is catching up to a revelation that was already spoken and released. Mm -hmm. You know, like we knew that this thing was over yeah. months ago. Yeah. We did because the Lord said even back in November there was not going to be a second wave. Yeah. And they were yeah. proclaiming there would be a second wave and the fall would be the yes. worst time. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then the Lord just spoke to me last night in my spirit and – Pastor continued it with a greater revelation, but he told me, tell the people the shutdown is over. Exactly. You know? And then Pastor got up and said, now the Lord continues to say that COVID has left. It's gone. It's gone. finished. Mm -hmm. and, and the key is that I'm, I'm going to be sharing this on, on open eyes. Yeah. Because what is this whole thing about learning? learning what's going on out there, learning that we don't have to go through this same thing over again 
Have we learned the lesson that brought this world to where it's at? Mm-hmm. You know, have we learned this? Mm. Well, we need to because we're not going to get another chance. Mm. We don't mm. learn it now. We get no more chances. I'm telling you. Yeah, if you don't move with the cloud, you're unprotected. Right. And you and you know when we learned this, and I was going to bring a fact out that uh, when this whole thing started out about protesting, the right type of protesting against my body, my choice, and everything like that, there was about thirty, maybe. 30 or 50 people, maybe 100 people protesting. The world is now up to a million people protesting and they're protesting everywhere. People are waking up. Everywhere. More and more millions and millions of them now are coming out and they will not be shut down. So uh, one of the big ones in Australia was Melbourne. Melbourne, who shut down uh, over 16 cases, supposedly, of (laughs) COVID, and it brought it to the place, let me say this, just a little side way of learning here. It brought it to the place where they said only for one hour were you allowed to go out of your house. For one hour. Oh, Lord. It was like dictatorship. So... My thinking was, mm. we can protest for them, yeah. but Melbourne, you need to start to protest. And I have a picture in open eyes where thousands, thousands got up and said, no more shutdown. So Thank you, they are tired of being the tail and they have decided the citizens of Melbourne, they're not going to take this any longer. They're coming to the front now. Right. And they're starting to fight for their own now. And it's like every place says, no, Mm -hmm. no, we're fighting. We're fighting for our position now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's a good thing that we should learn, Pastor. Fight for your position in the forefront. This is so good. Always be the tail if you never fight. Very important that we learn this lesson and stop being the tail and start to want to be the head. And that doesn't come by your power Mm. or your initiative or anything. It's listening to what the Holy Spirit says to you, what's A and what's D. And I said, Lord, um, Pastor, in the sub-portal, this has revolutionised something in me tonight because it's like the Lord spends time setting up the box according to the world's way. Yeah. And then he spends time getting you to unlearn it. And by how he unlearns it is he spends time setting up the box, right, like I said in the sub-portal, the, the box of the economy, the box of the industry, the box of the this, and the, the box of your abuse and what abuse will define you as, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then he says, right, now I take my hammer and I smash every single box, mm-hmm. you know? And I taught that in Spiritual Roots of Disease. The first 20 years of your life is the first 20 years that you spend 
learning and making choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the next 20 years, usually from 20 to 40, is the, is the time that you spend living out the result of those choices. Mm-hmm. And then from 40 to 60, even 40 to like 70, is the time that you spend evaluating all the choices that you've yep. ever made mm. and what it's done for you. And so I see as the Lord wanting to stop us from living in the hindsight in this season, for me as a 30-year-old, I'm not going to have to live out the hindsight of that choice of believing that God was only this big. Yeah. And this is the, this is the key wow, to hindsight. Wow. How big yeah. is your God? God. Mm. Is he bigger than what you know, what you've been taught, what you've learned? Is he bigger than the Egyptian principles that you grew up with? Ooh, yeah. Is he bigger is he bigger than what you feel? Is he bigger than what you don't feel? It, this is the key. We come down to the main key of how you live in foresight. How big is your God? Mm. Amen. 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 Are we, are we going to go to prophetic friends first? So if you guys want to start that process. I want to round that off by just saying... Aren't you tired of living in hindsight? Mm, Aren't you tired of learning after the fact? After you've done it, learning the hard way. Why can't we hear what God the Spirit is telling us and then do it his way? You know what our part to play is? Making the right choice. God bless you, God. Well, hello, everyone. Pastor Nate here again, and I have a very special person sitting next to me. It's the one, the only, Dr. Robin Cassis. And she's actually here to talk to us about her upcoming seminar, the Soap Summer Seminar Series, the last one actually to kick us back into the fall, called Ezekiel 37 Spare Parts. Would you let the people know, Dr. Robin, what this means to you and what you're going to be sharing in this seminar? Well, Ezekiel 37 is a a prophetic process, and most people don't understand the process that comes out of Ezekiel 37. There are different steps in it that's very, very important because These spare parts that get put together and make up the body, it makes the body ready for the the army of the Lord. Mm. Now, we've all tried to be the army of the Lord, Mm. but there's a time Mm. and a place for that very thing. And that's why Ezekiel 37 is so important to, uh, you know, the prophetic process. There has to be a prophetic process that brings you in to being the army of the Lord. Wow, that deserves the gem. (laughs) And so would you encourage those that have maybe already been to the Fragmented Soul seminar to still come and you know sit through this as it would always be expanding yeah and i i believe that from what you said before it's also going to be sharing how that prophetic process applies to recovering all of your soul and you know the actuation of that well one of the things is it deals with dead works very very much so we need to shake those dead works off 
Wow. I guess because we can't be an army until all our dead works are gone. That's right. Just a little taste that, um, you know, Ezekiel 37 is all about a, like uh, a cemetery, you know, mm. where, where there are bodies that mm. are dead mm. and they're lying around and this, they're like bones mm-hmm. everywhere, yeah. you know. And so uh, when a bone has to find its bones, it has to shake off the dust oh. of dead works. Oh, well, there you have it. There's a trailer, a teaser for what's going to come in this seminar. So I would encourage you, like I always do, join us, be a part of this. Soap's mission is to equip and mature. And I believe that this will cap off all the seminars this summer that have equipped and mature. Uh, you can join us, sun, uh, sorry, Saturday, September 18th, again at 5.30 p.m. for the seminar. Registration will begin at 4.30. Also, if you're unable to attend in person, the sessions will be available live via Talk TV, or you can even watch it back later on demand at a later date. All of the sessions will be available for viewing on Talk TV. And uh, Dr. Robin, what would you say as the last word to encourage people to come to this seminar? Well... I would say that uh, when you come, I mean, I think you should come, but when you do come, you will understand and learn that the prophetic process is important for you to understand the strength and the journey of your prophecies. So it would be really important. Prophecy has a process. And we need to learn what we need to add, what we need to take away. Wow. Well, you heard it here first, guys. For more information, please go to talk.org or even soapny.org and all the information will be listed there. We look forward to seeing you there. Thank you, Dr. Thank you. It is time for... Prophetic friends. Okay, we're doing a prophetic friends tonight. I had one drop in me while we were sitting there. Well, and go it's a for random it. place. It's not random. I actually been there, but it's pretty random. Um, Ketchikan, Alaska. Oh my my. Is uh, there anyone that lives there? Yeah, you know, know this is... I don't even know the place. Yes. I'm I, not I, being just, rude. I really don't know pronounce? the place. Ketchikan. Ketchikan. Yes, you should visit one day. It's actually it's nothing to see, but you wow. know, it's worth visiting. Okay. Um, I just got from the Lord. Um, the Holy Spirit was showing me a young, a teenage girl that grew up in Ketchikan, but has been wondering, like, should I stay? Should I go? And the Lord says to you, my daughter, that your place and where you are now serves a purpose, that don't forsake the areas that you have been in, although it may feel desolate, it may feel uh, redundant, it may feel useless. There's a purpose for I am going to bring you out of that place to show you more abundance, but also provide for you a, a space in Alaska um, that you will use the same things that you've learned in your quiet time of creativity to teach the younger generation, says the Lord. Very good. Pastor Tony, 
I believe the Lord's directed me to talk Sydney members. Talk? Talk Sydney. Okay. The Lord is saying that um, a couple of the the mothers and wives are going to um, collaborate with how to maximise their parenting uh, alongside their husbands. And so you're going to start, the Lord says you're going to start like a, a parenting group which involves husbands and wives and, you know, children of similar ages because the Lord is bringing a highlight and, a, and an emphasis on the parenting skills that you've learned and how to unlearn them and take on the Lord's, says the Lord. Okay. Mine is... Um I believe the Lord has put a word in my spirit for all of the people that are called to industries. Okay? And so the Lord would say, my children, the cloud has lifted. It's moved on. And the cloud is no longer over your industry. And this is a big key for you. The cloud has moved on. I've called you out. I've called you out from among the fold. Now move with the cloud. And this includes, says the Lord, detach your heart, the heartstrings. You might have moved location. You might have moved, you know, change of location. But there are still heartstrings that are there. And I want them detached. Because what I'm about to do in showing you how I break the box of what you've been in and what you've been taught needs your heart to be detached so that it can contain what I want to give you and bless you with. So the Lord says, again, the cloud is lifted. That season is over. I've called you out. Detach your heart and you will receive the next move, says the Lord. Okay. So that that's for everyone in the industry. Yeah, I felt specific industries of arts, business, um, technology, also felt even government and um, the, medif- the the medical field. Okay. Well, I have uh, a very very specific word, and uh, there's someone in Sydney that is uh, in talk, and I have several words, but I want to do this one because I haven't had a chance to be able to do it. And uh, they are very concerned for their little son. And uh, within the next few weeks, God is going to give you the answer that you need for him. But it will include you doing some repentance of the past, the Lord said, because the little one has come under the sins of the father. So, mum and dad, you know who I'm talking about, go to God together and separately and pray. And then next step will be revealed to you. So I'll be in touch very soon, but this is God's timing now. Not before now did he want to reveal this. And for New York, the Lord would say, this is the time that I am opening up 
the doors and the gates and I am bringing a release and no man will close those doors again, says the Lord, and no man will close those gates. Those gates have been opened wide, says the Lord, and I will tell you this talk, New York, you better be ready, says the Lord, because this city will need to be pastored. And the Lord said, all of you will be required in some way to care for the city. So do not begrudge that you are in the city. You were placed here for this reason. And there will be a time such as this for you to move, whether it be in your work situation, to counsel, to father, to um, pastor, to teach, to evangelize, to prophesy. You, the fivefold ministry is going to be released in such a way in the city of New York. You better be ready for it. Time's refreshing New York City. I'm talking to you for the Lord is going to has opened these doors wide and these gates wide and there's going to be opportunity and this is where you need to be flexible. You need to be interruptible and you need to want to be the head and not the tail. That's what the Lord would say to you. Wow. Well, Portals, uh, Spotify, VI, Spotify audience, we just want to thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that this will bless you and bring such a perspective and profound change in your life that it'll bless you. So we hope you stay tuned in. Subscribe to our channels via our Facebook and our Spotify so you can stay connected to all of these gems and fill your pockets for... The next time we do portals, portals. <laughs> Until next time. Bye-bye now. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Portals Podcast. We hope you were encouraged, uplifted, and challenged to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus. To get the latest episode, don't forget to subscribe to the Portals Podcast either via iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, or your talk app. Why don't you go ahead and share this with someone that you know needs to hear these life-changing truths that were revealed today. Or you can even tell us how it affected you by leaving us a comment or a review. We look forward to being with you again shortly. Until next time, God bless.